Fear is a bully. It terrorizes relentlessly. It's merciless. And if we allow it, it will feed on every thought and action we allow it access to. And as we all know, what you feed grows. Friend, you were not created to live a life of fear. And the good news is, you can live a life free from fear. I'm living proof. So sit tight. Let me tell you my story. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say that it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain, and he gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. I want to talk today about this subject of fear. I think that many of us could admit throughout our lives that we have battled fear on various levels. If you haven't, I'm jealous of you (laughs) to a certain extent. And I think that there are some people that uh, maybe anxiety or fear is almost a little bit like a irritation, but not a major debilitating situation. Um, While for many of us, fear and anxiety, the need for control can become something very major and take the forefront of our thoughts and focus in our life. Um, And for myself, I would have to say that fear was a constant presence for my childhood and followed me into my adult life. It's kind of like that unwelcome friend. It sits on you like a weighted blanket and it never leaves you alone, whether it's day or night. And that's the kind of fear that I grew up with. No matter what direction I went, I had something to fear. And if I didn't feel fear, um, I could wait just a few moments and I'm sure I'd find something to be afraid of. I remember being afraid of strangers. Um, Kidnapping was something I was so afraid I'd get kidnapped. And so I couldn't even play out in the front yard at my house because I was afraid every time a vehicle would slow down to pass our house, um, which we lived in an area where they had to slow down as they came up to our place. And so, you know, it just fed my fear. Um, anytime that uh, a car would come, I was sure that their plan was to stop and snatch me out of the yard. Um, another fear that I had was a fear of dogs, and that fear was massive. It was, I, I mean, I can tell you so many stories of how I embarrassed my parents when I would freak out at the sight of a dog. And the funny thing is, which I didn't understand at the time, you know, if I saw a dog, off in the distance, I would start running, which of course, you know, most dogs that triggers the, hey, that you want to play with me reaction. So they'd come running towards me. And of course, that only made me more afraid. And so I'd run even faster and look completely ridiculous. Um, But fear does that. It, It comes into our lives, it arrives on the scene, and it just captivates our complete focus. And oftentimes it will consume nearly every thought that enters our mind. And it causes us to interpret actions outside of us as something to be feared. And I don't, I don't really remember when I stopped being afraid of being kidnapped or being afraid of dogs. And, you know, honestly, if I'm 
being completely truthful with you and myself, I probably am still a little bit afraid of dogs, the big dogs. I don't mind the little ones, but the big dogs can make me feel a little bit cautious. Um, which reminds me of a story from, I think it was probably around 2007, 2008, somewhere in that time frame. I had already had all all of our kids and I was trying to get rid of the baby weight and I had taken a jogging or a fast walk, whatever you want to call it. But one day as I went out to go on my jog, I was going to, usually I listen to podcasts when I run. I know that's kind of weird. I don't know. Do you do that? But I, I listen to podcasts when I work out. And I decided that day, though, that I had a preteen son and he was wanting to listen to some music I wasn't familiar with, this artist, maybe you've heard of him, his name's Lecrae. And so I was going to pop in some headphones and listen to some of Lecrae's music because I wanted to make sure that this was the kind of music that my son should be listening to, specifically the lyrics is what I was concerned about. So I put on the headphones and I'm trying and I'm running, you know, run, walk, whatever you want to call it. And we're out in the country and I, I'm cautious because I know that our neighbors had a German shepherd and I know that German shepherds are fantastic dogs. You don't, do not have to convince me of that, but I also really am nervous around German shepherds. It's just something I deal with. And their dog often would sit guard under the yard, uh, I mean, under the tree out in the front yard. So as I'm running and getting closer to their house, I'm listening to the words of the song and I'm looking around very cautiously as well, trying to see where is this dog at? And I didn't see him anywhere, which is both comforting and not comforting because if I know where he's at, that's helpful. But if I don't know where he's at, then that's scary. So anyway, no dogs in sight. I'm kind of breathing a sigh of relief as I, after my run, you know, I'm coming back towards my house and the dog's still nowhere to be, to be found. And so I'm thinking home free today. I'm not going to die by a dog. <laughs> so I'm running along and all of a sudden I could hear him and he's barking and he's coming up behind me. It sounds growly and vicious and I, I'm terrified. And so I didn't even waste any energy to turn around and look to see how far away he was. I just ran as fast as I could go. And I am just booking it down the road. I wish I could look back right now and see what that actually looked like because it was probably pretty hilarious because I definitely am not a runner and I didn't run very fast, but I felt like I was flying because, because the dog was not catching up to me and I could still hear him barking. At the moment where I thought I was going to collapse from running out of breath, I finally decide, okay, you know what? Just turn around and face your fears, Lynette. This is ridiculous. I take off the headphones and turn around, and immediately the barking stopped. And I was so confused because there's no dog behind me. I stood there trying to figure out what had what had happened because I knew I'd heard the dog barking. And I put the headphones back on because I was starting to think maybe, and sure enough, here in the background, the beat of the, the song, you can go listen to it, it's Go Hard by Lecrae, <laughs> and it's in there. They're making some sound that sounds, now I can hear it, it sounds good. But back at that moment when I was 
On high alert for a dog, I interpreted it to sound like a dog barking. And I stood there that day in the road all alone, my heart still racing, realizing like, I've got to get control. This is ridiculous to let fear cause me to react that way. But you know what? That's what fear does, right? It it dictates our perspective. It tells our mind what to think. It alters our reality. I do the same thing when it comes to mice. I absolutely hate mice. And so when I've got that on my mind, which is quite often, depending, especially depending on where you're at, if you're in a barn or in a basement, your mind might go on high alert for a mouse. And every little shadow, you translate that into being a mouse. Fear does that to us, though. We automatically assume the worst when we are focused on fear. And I found that in my life that so many times I'm running from fears that are not something tangible like a dog or a mouse, but fears that tell me that I'm not enough, for example, that I'm failing as a mom or a wife or that I'm failing as a friend or a woman of God or maybe as a business owner. You, you know, you can fill in the blanks. We run from fear. We run from fears about tomorrow. We think all the what if, all the what if scenarios, you know, like what if this happens with our health or even worse with our child's health or with our finances or maybe our relationships or our safety. And I found that scenarios will play through our minds or my mind like a movie scene telling us all the different possibilities of what might happen. I know that so often moms especially can read stories in the news or maybe on social media and what you see happening to someone else's child, you put the face of your own child on that and you think, what if? What if that happens to me and what will I do? How will I react? We run from a fear also of being found out. There's this fear that tells us that we're not enough And what if people around us discover that? You're not enough. You're never going to measure up. You're too much and you're not enough. It goes hand in hand with each other. And so we battle this constant fear, um, really, of rejection. It keeps us on our toes, never able to rest, always looking around. We're uneasy. We're agitated. And we're terrified of the thing that we believe will be a part of our story. And I have to wonder, what if I reached the end of my life only to look over my shoulder and realize that the thing that I was terrified of was never there the entire time? For many of us, our fear is a response to a deeper issue, and that is an issue called shame. Shame that goes along with the whole, you're not enough, you're too much. It tells, shame will tell us that we're too broken too messed up, too dirty. And it shouts at us that if people only knew, and so we're running terrified, afraid that our true self will be revealed. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so much like the wicked, I feel that this can speak to those who are plagued by shame. And something I want to encourage you with today, friend, is that shame does not come from the Lord. He brings us conviction, but Satan uses shame. And there's a difference. See, shame is, it's hopeless. 
and conviction is redemptive, and it offers us hope and restoration. But if you're bound by shame, you're always thinking about the ways that you're a failure, that you're not measuring up, that you're not wanted, that you're not worthy of love. And so we continue to try to find ways to hide our true selves. We try to present ourselves as something that we're not because we want to be loved and accepted. And then when we stop and consider that it actually all comes back in a package called fear, and we're afraid we're going to be found out, we're afraid we're going to come up short, all because we've believed some lie from the enemy. And if this is you, I want to, I want to encourage you to ask God to reveal truth to you right now. Are the fears that you're feeling, is it stemming from, a shame, from shame? If it is, then invite the Holy Spirit to speak his truth over you. You need to be hearing the truth of the Holy Spirit right now, not the lies of the enemy. And then let's take it a step further and consider, is what you're feeling maybe conviction? When it says the wicked flee when no man pursues, that's somebody who's dealing with sin in their life. And when we have sin in our life, we do run. And so if it's conviction, then ask the Lord to come and cleanse you of your sin and confess your sin to him. And the peace that will come from that, that's a peace that there's no other peace like that. And you you don't want to miss out on that kind of peace. Having peace between me and the Lord is the best place to be. And you can have that too. So think about that. Is your fear stemming from shame or from conviction? Think about those two different things and and see if the Lord has something he wants to reveal to you on that level. So then the second part of that verse says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, I, I can't ever say, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't say I can't ever say. When I picture someone being as bold as a lion, I don't picture me. Okay, let's put it that way. I, I have plenty of things I can talk to you about that I am scared of, things that I don't enjoy, things that make me afraid, whether it goes from dogs and kidnappers to a fear of heights, which is kind of a whole different area, in my opinion. Um, am I giving myself an excuse to stay afraid of heights? Um, maybe. I've tried facing my fears on that one, but right now, um, right now I still have it. <laughs> but in comparison to some of the big stuff that we deal with in life, we can we can look pretty small and insignificant. Um, when we're coming up against some of the things that we face. Being bold as a lion is not how we often feel. But when we wrap our minds around who our Father God is, you know, that changes how we carry ourselves. It changes how we approach situations. It changes the level of authority that we carry, and we can become as bold as a lion. So when we look at, for example, if we're like, I'm not enough and they're never going to like me. They don't want to be my friend. Um, what if we in- instead change the dynamic or the the conversation to, okay, I am a daughter of God. I am a daughter of the king of kings. He is the king of kings. Like you can't get higher than that, right? 
And so if that's my identity, I'm going to change the way that I carry myself because maybe that person doesn't want to be my friend, but then I want to look around and see who I can be a friend to instead because there's always going to be somebody out there that's looking to be loved and accepted. And so if the people that you're trying to find it from aren't giving it to you, it's okay to walk away. It's okay to let that go because there are other people that you can go and be an encouragement to and be a friend to. Um, and then at the same time, you're throwing it in the face of the devil, like him, he's saying you're unworthy, you're unlovable. And that's not true. You are lovable. You are someone that is made in the image of God. And so therefore you have value. You're not alone in the fight, but we often, we often feel like we are. We often live like we are. And sometimes, oftentimes, we can just sort of scrap our way through life with the mindset that it's me against the world, and we all but ignore the comfort and security that God, that God wants to offer us, even in the hard things. So what are you running from? Ask God to put a finger on that area of fear in your heart today. Then stop, turn around, and with God's help, you can face it head on. I know it's easy to say, and it can be hard to do, but believe me when I say the times that I have decided to just stop and turn around and say, okay, okay, Lord, let's do this. I need your help. Go with me. So many times he has brought about a change, whether it's in my courage um, or needing to say some really hard things, or maybe I was able to see things from a different perspective. I promise you that God can change your perspective or change the outcome. He wants to do that. You were not created to live a life of fear. You're going to hear me say that a lot because it's the truth. And who knows, the very thing that you are afraid of might actually just be a figment of your imagination. So there was an evening several years back. I don't remember how long ago it was now. I remember my kids were still little. And on a surface level, everything looked normal in our house. We had finished dinner. I was washing the dishes. The kids were nearby, homework, playing. I don't remember what they were doing. But I remember standing there at that kitchen sink as night began to fall. And that was oftentimes when a lot of the fear would come in um, and make itself really um, evident in my mind. And I would begin to feel anxiety and I, I'd start, I'd feel cold, I would feel um, breathless and the scenarios that I battled in my mind just took the forefront. It stole my joy. I could not have joy in the moments I was experiencing with my children and my husband there at home. I was I, I could be present, but yet at the same time, I was living a whole different um, in a whole different world of crazy, scary scenarios and things that were completely out of my control. What if this? What if that? And I remember standing there having these fears that I now think are pretty ridiculous. But that night, they were so real and they consumed me. And I will tell you this, I was sick of it. Because I had lived this life of practicing the presence of God and pursuing him, living a life of purity, trying to be the woman that he had called me to be. And I didn't feel like it was very fair that I was doing all these things the way God asked me to do them, and yet I still was bound by fear. 
And I was, I was in bondage. I remember standing there feeling exhausted because of the mindset or the thought that had passed through my mind that the only way I'd ever be free from the brokenness of this world was after I died. Now, I wasn't feeling suicidal, but I, I was just exhausted by that thought, that to think that I will never be able to escape these fears. I was so tired of fighting the battle, and I was tired of having fear as a constant in my life. Was there any, was it even an option, I wondered? Like, I'd see other people, and it seemed like they were living with so much uh, peace or joy or fearless. And I wondered if they had a secret battle with fear in the same way that I did. Was it even possible to live fearless? To me, it seemed impossible. And I think that so many fears we battle as adults are very real situations that do happen here on earth. And it can feel hopeless to know that we will never be free of the brokenness of this world in our lifetime. And so there in that moment, I desperately, I just prayed to God and I said, God, help me. I don't want to live like this anymore. And immediately I heard his words whisper through my mind. It was just two words. And he said, trust me. And to be honest with you, that answer made me upset. I did not want an answer like that. I had heard that from him so many times, but I wanted promises from him. I wanted proof, you know? I wanted something tangible from him that I could hold in my hand and know beyond the shadow of doubt of a doubt that I didn't have to fear the thoughts that were going through my head. And I felt like throwing out his words with the with the trash. But then his voice got stern with me and he said, I heard him say, Lynette. I have told you for years to trust me. And if I tell you to do something, I mean what I say. And if you choose to not do what I have told you to do, you are living in disobedience. And I stopped. I was completely stunned, both by his words and also by his tone. Because as I said earlier, I I had been doing everything I could to live a life that would please the Lord. But I was completely pushing past any time he said to trust me because I heard it from him often. It was too simple. It was too childish almost, you know? And it was, I, I wanted something bigger than that. And this was almost too simple. And I, I heard him continue on in my in my mind and he said, While you have been walking in disobedience to what I've been telling you to do, which is trust me, how can you expect that you're going to receive my blessing? He was right, you know. Darkness and light cannot stay in the same place. And while I was trying to live a life that was in the light, in the, you know, walking in the ways of the Lord, I was allowing and welcoming even the voice of the enemy to dominate my thoughts rather than the words of the Lord to dominate my thoughts. Proverbs 3, 5 immediately came to my mind and it hit me like a ton ton of bricks. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Notice that it doesn't say, trust in the Lord with all your heart when you feel like it 
or when you want to, or when the circumstances are good, or when you're not hormonal, or when there's no barking dogs. It's very simple and straightforward. It's actually a command statement. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And if I wanted peace, I realized that night that trust wasn't optional. It was required. Furthermore, I not only was skimming over the first part as like a nice thought and one that I would be willing to do when and if life was easy, but I was totally ignoring the second part. Lean not on your own understanding. I want to talk about that some more, but we're going to have to wait until next week for that. For today, I want to just soak, stop and let the truth of what it looks like to trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want to let that soak in to your mind. And I'm asking you, are there areas in your life that you need to confess a lack of trust? Because if you are, could it be that you're walking in disobedience to God by not trusting him? Remember, trust isn't optional. It's a command. He didn't invite you to trust him only on the good days. He's telling you to trust him, period. And a lack of trust in him is going to keep you in a place of fear. And that is not where he wants you. I know it sounds so easy, but it's something we need to consider that it's both a noun and a verb. Trust is something that we have and it's something that we do. So we can have trust in God, but we must trust in God. For example, my husband, Tim, I trust him more than anyone else on earth. In my marriage, we have complete trust for one we have complete trust for one another. We've known each other since we were three years old. I know I know my husband so well, okay? I know this isn't how it is for everybody. I'm using this as an example. But I've studied him. I know how he's going to act or react. I know his words, the way that he's going to respond to situation. I have been a student of Tim, right? I know what he likes, what he dislikes. I know that he's a good man, and I know that he can be trusted. How offensive would it be to him if I were to track him moment by moment, testing him all the time, trying to see if he was going to fail me? It doesn't make sense for me to do that, right? And how much more trustworthy is God our Father? And yet how offensive it must be that's what I was convicted of that night. That it was so how offensive it must be to God that I was constantly testing him and refusing to trust him when he told me to trust him. Not only that, he is the one who allowed his only son to step in as the ultimate sacrifice so that I could be offered forgiveness for sin and have eternal life with him and yet I didn't trust him. I mean, if I gave up my son to die so that you could live and then you didn't trust me, I think that would violate me, right? And it would violate you as well. So what I'm trying to say is it's time for us to choose to trust God with every area of our lives, with all our heart. He's not taking our trust in him lightly. He does know. He knows what lies ahead. You can read about that in Psalm 139, verse 16. He knows what tomorrow brings, and he's not promising you that it will be okay. That's not what this is about. Because that night, since that night at the sink, when I chose to trust him, I got a peace that passes understanding is how the Bible puts it. 
or in layman's term, I have peace that is pretty ridiculous, (laughs) especially when you consider the world that we live in. Life has not been perfect. In fact, I've walked through some really, really hard times since that night. And in fact, I don't think I would have wanted to know what was ahead of me that night when I was battling my fears. It would have just added to the fears. I, I, didn't, I haven't had to face the fears I was fearing that night, but I've had other things that I never had taken into consideration as options to fear, right? So I want to give you a little bit of homework for you to consider doing between now and next week. And you can continue on even after next week, but we are going to look at um, leaning not on our own understanding next week. And I want you to Google verses about fear, And then write out a verse, like with a pen and paper. Don't just say them out loud or copy and paste them. I need you to write them down. Write them on note cards and put them around your house. Start saturating your mind with truth about who God is and and what is his opinion about fear. Um, Because you're going to find so many times in the Bible where he says, do not fear. Why does he say it? Read it and see what you can find for yourself. Let's become a student of the one who loves us more than we could have ever imagined. And I guarantee that through him, you too can discover a peace that will blow your mind and it will free you up to be the amazing person God designed you to be. God, I thank you that you are the God of peace that you hold the world in your hands, that you hold our lives in your hands. And I ask that you would be near each person that is listening today and that you would encounter them right where they are, that they could know the presence of your peace, that they could know the peace of your presence. And they they could experience the joy that only you can bring. Father God, if they're dealing with shame, would you help them to see the truth? of what you say about them. If they're dealing with conviction, give them the courage to make things right with you. And God, if there are just fears that are plaguing them that have followed them since childhood, I ask, Father, that you would break that off of them right now in the name of Jesus, that you would set them free from those anxieties, from those fears. Fear, you have to go. You have no place in the life of the child of God. And I thank you, Father, that where you are, darkness cannot stay. And so we cast out darkness in the name of Jesus, and we welcome the light that comes from you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for dying for our sins and setting us free. And I ask that you would help each one to walk in the freedom that only you can bring. You're a good Father. You love us, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it on my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember, your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.